Hello and welcome to Indians on Deck. I'm Matt Schlichting, and as always, I am joined here with Brian Hemminger. Brian, how's it going? It's going great. It's exciting to have all the teams playing, all the players signed that are going to sign. Indians rocked it this year. This is the first edition in which each and every one of the levels of minor league baseball has played a game, right? Mm-hmm. Although technically... Uh, Lynchburg and Lake County are in their all-star break right now. So Ah. they're not playing right now, but they did play in this past week. So we'll kick things off as always with our top 10 prospects in the system. And Tristan McKenzie, number one overall prospect. We have a little bit of more, a little bit of extra news here, it sounds like. Yeah, it's nothing crazy, but he was spotted uh, throwing a little bit in Arizona. So I expect that he's going to be making a rehab start pretty shortly think uh he's been sighted in arizona he's throwing i mean nothing crazy yet but he's alive he's he's pitching to two batters not in games yet but i wouldn't be shocked if he's activated and pitching in akron by uh early july now moving on to number two we have nolan jones what's up with nolan he had another kind of interesting week his slash line was 130, 333, 304. He hit a home run, but he had 12 strikeouts uh, in addition to five walks. So mm-hmm. a little and bit of an interesting week for him again. Carolina League All-Star team. So that's where what he was doing yesterday, I think. I don't. I didn't see how the game went, though. He ended up going 0 for 3, I saw. Did you count that in the stats? <laughs> uh, these did not go into his oh, weekly okay. numbers. This is only official league play, but... I believe our next guy on the list was also an all-star. Yeah, Tyler Freeman. He didn't have another good week. 154, 267, 154. Five strikeouts in a week, which is pretty surprising, and a walk. But again, all-star nod, and we'll talk about the other thing in a little bit. Moving on, we have uh, our last year's number one pick. How did uh, Bo Naylor do? He has been steadily improving over the last few weeks, the last month or so. This week, he went 333, 412, had an 800 slugging percentage, which was boosted by the fact that four of his five hits were, uh, two of them were home runs and two of them were doubles. Nice. Yeah, he's looking, so, he's, he's looking like he's figuring it out after a bit of a slow start. I mean, he's risen the batting average up to 233, OBP's over 300, slugging's almost 400 now with definitely some positive signs. Yeah, I looked on Fangraphs earlier and he his weighted runs created plus is now exactly league average for his league. So Good. Especially for probably one fight, of the but he's there. one of the youngest players in the league too. So, good for him. Next up, we have the fabled George Valera. He debuted and it was beautiful. In his first game, Valera had two doubles for Mahoning Valley. Then in game number two, he hit his first dinger of the season. Game number three, he hit another dinger. <laughs> so, and then I think the next game he went 0 for 4. So, but uh, yeah, there's video of the one home run. He had a beautiful bat flip. Uh, this guy has so much charisma out there. 
So you are going to all love watching him play. So and enjoy him. Not in the Dolan sense, but just appreciate <laughs> him while he's in the minor leagues, because I don't think he's going to be in the minor leagues very long with that sweet swing of his. But his slash line was a wonky 235-235-706. And uh, moving on, we had somebody that had an okay week. Uh, Bobby Bradley, how'd he do? It's, you know, I guess right around what we've come to expect from him for the season. 375 was his batting average with 423 on base percentage and a 1042 slugging percentage cuz he hit 5 home runs and 4 doubles whatever. Yeah. 246 WRC plus. I mean, show me something new, Bobby. <laughs> he had two two homer games. So, yeah, he is just ridiculous. He really is and I understand that there is still like this movement don't call him up he's just gonna strike out a lot but he really doesn't have much left to prove at this point i mean you're at triple a that's as high as you can go without being on the indians and you're leading the international league in like every power category that exists so yeah if you're not gonna call him up until he gets his strikeout rate to like I don't know, below 20%, then you're basically saying, oh, we can't call him up until he's literally the greatest hitter in the history of the minor leagues. <laughs> just just remember this. The top home run hitter for the Indians has 14, I think. And uh, Bobby Bradley right now has 22. <laughs> so, 14 in like the last two weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's hit 14 in about, yeah, his last 20 games or something ridiculous like that. So... He's, he's playing so well, and he's, I mean, just every time he touches the ball, he goes out of the park. And if you look at his spray chart for his home runs, it's literally all over the place because he doesn't just pull it out of the park. He hits it oppo out of the park, dead center out of the park, everywhere out of the park. I mean, it's just natural, nasty, nasty power, like freakishly good power. So, yeah, he's he's fun to watch, and... I think, uh, I mean, if he can just strike out a little bit less, it's only a matter of time. Because you look, I think there's a list of extra base hit leaders by the Indians. So this includes, you know, obviously not just home runs, but doubles and triples and everything. And I think he's leading all Indians prospects by about seven or eight at this point. And there's a lot of good Indians prospects that he is just mopping the floor with an extra base hits. So yeah, hopefully he's, yeah, he's he good. continues to advance and excel. Our next guy up, Brian Rocchio. Finally, we get to talk about some of his on the field events. Yeah, his on field exploits were very impressive. Um, he had a couple multi-hit games with Mahoning Valley, had a 294, 294, 529 slash line with his first home run of the season and a double and I believe he uh, stole a base or two. So, yeah, I mean, and if you get a look, there's already some uh, highlights of him defensively, too, playing shortstop at Mahoning Valley. I mean, this kid is special. Um, so, I I mean, this Mahoning Valley roster is so nasty. It has, you know, Valera, it has Rocchio, it has Jonathan Rodriguez, it has... Um, you know, Ethan Hankins, who we'll be getting to. Um, 
there are just so many good young players on that team. And considering that last year's Indians AZL League team, both of them, they had two, and they both made the playoffs. So Mahoning Valley, they just took the best of two playoff teams and put them on one roster. And that's what's <laughs> going on right now. So, yeah, this is – and it, it could have been even better if, you know, like Lenny Torres hadn't had to have Tommy John surgery. So, I mean, it, it could be that much scarier. But, yeah, they're really, really good. So, next up, how did our boy Luis Oviedo do? I feel like – He's going to be every type of pitcher at some point this season. <laughs> like he'll be the total dominant ace and the like nuclear meltdown. And this week he went six innings. It was one start. He had six innings, three earned runs, seven strikeouts, no walks. Uh, looks pretty good. But then the runs again all came on home runs. He gave up two of them in this game. It's not Tomlin-esque necessarily, but I think that's the second week in a row now where he's given up two home runs in a start, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly. Yeah, I, at least on no, the, he only had the one last yeah. weekend, but on, on the bright side, at least he uh, had some good strikeouts after I think only having one in his start last last week. Mm-hmm. So and I think uh, kept the walks to a minimum. So, you know, had got to look at the I've bright side on him a little yeah. bit. I'm with you. I mean, he's he's definitely, I mean, last year he was the nastiest pitcher in the Indian system. Like, nobody could touch him. Yeah. And he's definitely been a lot more inconsistent. I mean, flashes of brilliance, but, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if he's top 10, but, I mean, I haven't got to see him in person. I mean, I've got to watch a little bit of video when uh, Lake County's televised, but, um. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely been he's been outperformed by several other players this year so far. So moving on, another another name, uh, a certain Ethan Hankins that I just brought up a little moment ago. How did how did his season mm-hmm. debut go? Not all that bad. He had four innings that he pitched in a start. Didn't give up any runs or hits. Had a walk, struck out four. Uh, from what I understand, he looked very sharp. So he went four no-hit innings with four strikeouts. What's good for you if that's only not all that bad? <laughs> well, I <laughs> I was impressed. He he <laughs> needs to strike out every player he faces in three pitches. <laughs> immaculate four immaculate innings or nothing. <laughs> I just might as well, you know. <laughs> Let him go to the uh, independent leagues at this point. He just I won have an it. eighty-one pitch, twenty-seven strikeout, perfect game. It's not too much to ask, I don't think. <laughs> okay, but yeah, no. Ethan had about as good of a start to the season as you could have possibly asked for. I mean, it was so good that some dude on Twitter yesterday said that he was getting promoted to Lake County for his second start, and I believed him because. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, and I liked it, retweeted it, and looked like a complete damn fool when I reached out to, to see if some other people that I respect uh, could confirm it. And then they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, crap. And then I go and look at the other guy's Twitter, and he deleted it already. And I'm like, oh, you, you dick. Yeah. <laughs> that punk. So uh, last but not least, we do have Sam Henkes. So how'd Sam do? Had a couple of starts, 
And, you know, eight and two-thirds innings between them. One of them was a little bit short, and I'm I'm not entirely sure why, because he only gave up the one run in it. But the other one, he just kind of fell apart. Uh, so for, for the week as a whole, he gave up eight earned runs, five walks, um, two home runs between the two of them. It just still, it seems like he continues to struggle with control and it just really hasn't been able to miss bats the way that maybe he has in the mm-hmm. past. I'm going to double check why that one start was so short in three and two thirds innings. Um, it looks like in three and two thirds innings, yeah, he had three walks, four hits allowed, and he was at 75 pitches already. Hadn't even ah, gotten through the fourth. Wow, inning. Okay. So I guess they decided to pull the plug. But I know his last start it certainly speaks to a lack yeah, of his command. last start. Two hits resulted in five of his seven runs that he gave up. Uh, he gave up a three-run home run and a two-run home run. So that really sunk him. So you you, you put base runners on, and then you give up a long ball. You're going to have a, a, a bad day, and that's the, and he had a bad week. So. Similar to to Oviedo, you know, a lot of inconsistency. Because I mean, just last week we were singing Henkes' praises, saying, "Hey, he's turning it around." You know, hop back on the bandwagon, and that bandwagon crashed, burst mm-hmm. into flames. But there was. We now move on to the five best <laughs> players from everywhere oh, in the system. On a positive note, five players actually were good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, number our one first? is a player that people don't know yet, but they're going to. Uh, you remember how everybody was hyped about Valera and like Aaron Bracco last year as like the two top international signings that were going to debut in the AZL. And they're like, all right, well, I can't wait to see what these guys can do. And then Brian Rocchio came out of nowhere and killed it in the DSL and then got promoted to the AZL and was the best player in the AZL too. And then now he's a top 10 prospect. Well, everybody's talking about Gabriel Rodriguez and junior San Quentin. For good reason. They're both tremendous. They're both already hitting multiple home runs, just bashing the baseball. But this kid, Angel Martinez, remember that name. You heard it here today for the first time. But Angel Martinez, he is really, really good. He had multiple three-plus hit games this past week. Uh, His slash, in six games, his slash was 522. 593, 783, with two doubles, two triples, four walks, and four stolen bases. So, and he had a 258 WRC plus. Um, I think he's batting over 400 in the DSL. So, yeah, this kid is really good, and he's an infielder. He was not quite as you know the the big flashy signing of Gabriel Rodriguez and Junior San Quentin, but He's really, really good, and I would not be shocked if he uh, makes it to the Arizona Rookie League before the end of the DSL season with the, the way he's been playing. If he keeps murdering the ball like that, then you just got to mm-hmm. move him along. And he's stealing a ton of bases. So I'm going to double-check his stats here quick, and I'll try to be as quiet about it as possible. But yeah, Angel Martinez this season... Yeah, he's betting 393 on the season, 
in 15 games. So hasn't hit a home run yet, but he has five triples. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, to have as high a slugging percentage as he does yeah. without any home runs. So, is... yeah, that's that's the other stat that stood out to me was I think somebody posted the org leaders and triples. He's already tied for the org lead and triples in 15 games <laughs> <laughs> over all the full season guys. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, this kid's really good. So who else was a standout performer? We had Bobby Bradley, who we already talked about, and then Ethan Hankins, yeah, who four hey, no you know, innings. Eh, yeah. eh, eh, this is whatever. Uh, then we came to Jonathan Rodriguez as our fourth, and he yeah he, he was baseballed. Good. Uh, he was actually out of all the players, you know, we were hyping up Rocchio, we're hyping up Valera on that Mahoning Valley roster. Rodriguez actually had the the best start to the season. Um, I mean, he was really, really good. Had a 467, 500, 600 slash with uh, two doubles and a stolen base in four games. So, you know, I was, I was wondering, you know, when, if this could be his breakout because he, he spent his first two years in the Arizona Rookie League as the youngest draft pick in the 2017 draft. And he's looking sharp so far. I mean, obviously small sample size, but I'm liking what I'm seeing. And, uh, you know, and if, as he continues to fill out, like he has a pretty long frame. I mean, he could add a lot of power too. like if he keeps these good peripherals of contact. I think he could be a special player. So very excited to see Jonathan Rodriguez off to a good start. And then last but not least, uh, had a veteran put up some uh, video game numbers for to round out the top five. Was it John Dowd was the player in one of the MLB baseball games that replaced <laughs> Super Roy <laughs> Barry Bonds? The, yeah. These are John Dowd numbers. 412, 524, 1353 He put Bobby percentage. Bradley to shame. Bobby Bradley <laughs> had 1,042 <laughs> slugging with five home runs, and Brandon Barnes beat him. That's pretty good. Look at his WRC I plus. Just, 323 is like a monolevel <laughs> plane. <laughs> not not a baseball statistic. Uh, yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Barnes, he's a veteran. He got called up to the Indians last year in September instead of uh, Oscar Mercado. <laughs> and Which, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, he put up some halfway yeah. decent numbers while he and was And this year, he's actually had a really great season at AAA. Like, really good. So they're going to have to do something because promotions are happening and he's taking a spot at AAA right now for some of the other, you know, prospects. I, I, I'm hoping that he's putting up good enough numbers that somebody's going to want to trade for him because the Indians have already traded away uh, a couple players to uh, other teams just because they've been playing well at the high at AAA and other teams have had vacancies at catcher and, uh, and pitching and one team, uh, Mexico had a vacancy for the one guy, <laughs> if you remember. So, but yeah, you know, Brandon Barnes, he's having a great season. Five, five home runs. I mean, just crazy, crazy numbers. So good for him. I'm happy, but, I also am a little sad because I want like I Tom to get promoted to AAA and Brandon Barnes is, yeah. you can't release him. He's 
playing too well. Um, so I don't know. Something's going to have to give. Like, like somebody's going to need Brandon Barnes. I'm hoping. If he has another couple weeks like that, someone will bite. Yeah. I mean, he's 33, but maybe he'll end up on the Orioles or something. You know, they they need bodies to navigate that ship <laughs> to 110 losses. And uh, there actually was an honorable mention I want to give a shout out to from the Arizona Rookie League. Um, the Indians red team, uh, it was led by Yaner Diaz. Um, he, last year, if you remember, I don't know how much, how often you paid attention to the Arizona Rookie League, but he was batting over 400 for most of the season as a bat first catcher in the Arizona Rookie League. And then right at the end of the year, he fell off a little bit. He uh, finished the season, I think, batting 355. So <laughs> in 41 games. So this was not a small sample size. I mean, he was really good last year. Um, but he got off to, uh, in his first two games, he has gone five for eight with a pair of doubles. So 625, 625, 875 slash. So not too shabby for Yaner Diaz. Even so, he batted 355, was one of the top hitters in the Arizona Rookie League. And they're like, you know what, Yaner? You got him a little bit more to prove to us. <laughs> and he's like, fine, I'll double my batting average. <laughs> <laughs> just, it would be amazing to see someone go 20 <laughs> games or so with a seven. Oh, I'd be so happy. Average. I really would. So, you know, good, good for you, Yater. Like, I, I want to see, has this, what, do they keep track of how he did throwing out base runners? Um, he wasn't half bad. In the DSL, he caught 34 and gave up 45. So... You know, that's about a 40%. And then last year, he caught 12 of 30. So, yeah, that's that's not bad. So, it's, it's I, I, I heard he's bat first, but, hey, if you're catching, you know, more than 33% of base dealers, that's not too bad. It's a lot better than that dude on. As long as every other pitch isn't bouncing <laughs> yeah, off his that's face. A, that's a lot and... better than the dude uh, that's catching for the Rangers right now. I think he caught, like, three out of 40. I mean, that's why they traded for the Indians AAA catcher. So, all right, we got we got some more news to to get onto though. So, yep, that brings us to the section where we go over injuries, retirements, releases, trades, and such. People leaving the system either for a little while or for uh, first things first in AAA, Brooks Pounders, a veteran uh, in the bullpen at Columbus, was traded to the Mets for cash considerations. So hopefully cash will, uh, has a good heater. He's got some upside. That's what I've heard, (laughs) but (laughs) But, I'm with it. Uh, yeah, you know, Brooks was having a good season and hopefully, you know, he can get called up to the Mets because he has no chance getting called up to the Indians with the stud bullpen arms that they have waiting in the wings and how good the bullpen in general is pitching. So, uh, you know, I wish him the best of luck. And then at double A, we had Ben Krauth, a left-handed bullpen arm, go on the disabled list with a left ankle sprain. Uh, Jorma Rodriguez went on the injured list. And Matt Whitehouse, a veteran of the system for about five years, uh, he was released. He, uh, you know, I remember him coming up. I thought that he had some potential because 
he would be a piggyback partner and he would outpitch the starting pitcher every game, every time. Uh, he was just a veteran <laughs> arm that was, you know, like a college pitcher at like single A. So it's not like he was just some, you know, super young for his level player, but he just always pitched really well. And then for about the past two years, he was just kind of a soft tossing lefty that filled spots. So a double A, triple A, uh, he just eat innings, it, whatever, wherever, did whatever the team needed. But I mean, it was pretty obvious at that point that he wasn't really starter material, um, but he was an innings eater and he did a good job. Uh, he had an, a, a solid Indians career and I hope somebody gives him another shot because he's not a bad player, just doesn't have a... You know, he doesn't overpower people, but he throws strikes, he eats innings, and he's a southpaw. So maybe somebody will give him a shot. I hope they do. He seems like someone that mm-hmm. will hopefully have an opportunity somewhere and else. And then uh, Ruben that. Cardenas, uh, who we were just hyping up last week, goes and sprains his ankle about three days later. So ends up on the seven-day injured list at single A. Probably was going to get promoted following the All-Star break. And then... Of course, we get to some more sad news. Um, I'm not even sure what level these guys were playing at if they were. Like, they were just kind of in and out depending on where there was a need. But with all these players uh, getting shifted around after the draft, uh, they released Jose Vicente and Gabriel Mejia. Mejia's the, the, the surprise, or at least the, the bigger name. I mean, if you remember, he stole 112 bases in his first yeah. 135 games he played. So he, I mean, he was, I couldn't believe this kid. I thought he was just going to be the next big thing. And then when he debuted in the Arizona Rookie League, he was so good. Like, I need to go look up his stats quick in the Arizona Rookie League. Um, like, he, he ended up in the Indians top 30 uh, on MLB pipeline after his Arizona rookie league season. Um, Let's see here. He was there in 2015. So, I mean, he was young at, I mean, he's 23 now. So that was four years ago. So he was like 18, 19 in the Arizona rookie league. And he slashed 357, 438, 417 with 34 stolen bases. And he walked more than he struck out. Like, he was so good that season. And then uh, it just all fell apart. He got hurt. Uh, He had a pretty decent season in Mahoning Valley, but then he got hurt, and he just could never – he never played well again. Uh, It really sucked. Uh, He stopped being aggressive on the base paths. He started getting caught a lot more often. He he wasn't – like, his first season in the DSL, in 70 games, he had 72 stolen bases. (laughs) I mean, that is that is insane. That's pretty He never hit a home run his entire career, so he was not a power hitter. By, he was a slap hitter, like the definition of a slap hitter, super speedster. Um, but, uh, you know, I, and then after he, he had some injuries starting in 2017, and he was just never the same player, never batted uh, more than, like, 225 at any, like, in full season ball. Like he was great all the way up until low A. And then the second he started playing full season ball, he had injuries and just the whole past three seasons were forgettable for him. So that really sucks. I was a huge supporter of him. I I wanted him to succeed so bad. And I knew something was off when 
he filled in at second base at double A for the Indians when they had a whole bunch of injuries. And I was like, what? But it was just, they were just giving him some playing time because just to throw him in there. And, you know, so I don't know. Just that that's the sad part of covering the minor leagues is, is seeing somebody with so much potential and then seeing it get cut short with injury. Somebody 23 years old and pretty much done uh, and was somebody that you were pretty high on. So it's a shame, but, you know, you know, he, he, he had some very bright moments in, in a brief period of time as well. But let's move on to some positive news. We had multiple. Oh, go ahead. If you had something you wanted to add. Yeah, I I want to refer to this section this week as the promotions slash activations slash wait, what? <laughs> yeah, this one caught me by surprise. So we'll start with some activations uh, at AAA. Yu Chang is back. So about dang time. Um, he is. It feels like he hasn't played this whole season. Uh, because he was hurt, and then he came back, and then he went back on the injured list like a week later with the exact same injury. So I'm guessing he wasn't actually back. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, he's just been nothing. And uh, I'm guessing he's healthy now because he hit a home run today. So Yu Chang is back and hopefully will be a utility player in Cleveland by the end of the season. Because it would be really nice to have an, a right-handed infielder that can play second, short, and third. Yes, we could definitely yep. use that. And uh, in Who Cares AAA News, uh, Chi Wei Hu was activated from <laughs> the injured list <laughs> and continues to suck. Uh, you know who we gave up for him? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Sam Haggerty. I would love to have Sam Haggerty back. This that just bums nice. me out. We could have had Sam Haggerty in there smacking triples and stealing stealing bases and your girlfriend. And instead, we've got Chi Wei Hu, who has just been one of the worst pitchers in the Indian system all year. So, but moving on, we have in Oh My God, What News, which uh, basically Matt titled this whole section after Brock Hartson, if you remember, who retired Two years ago, um, Mama Hartson must have given him some encouragement, and he decided to come out of retirement. Um, I, I, I did look into this, actually. I talked to a couple people. It turns out he was coaching at uh, college, and apparently he'd been hurt his whole last two seasons, even putting up crazy good numbers. Uh, he was hurt the last two seasons he pitched with the Indians and then he had a bad hip injury and he just decided to retire because he's like, I'm always hurt. And now I got a serious injury. I'm done. So he took two years off, got healthy, was coaching uh, in college and felt amazing and was like throwing. And he's like, let's give it a shot. And he went back to Cleveland because they still technically uh, had dibs on him. And he has been uh, looking strong and right now they activated him or they placed him on the Akron roster and then put him on the injured list while they wait to activate him. Uh, he's, he's in Arizona right now working out and throwing. It's just pretty crazy for you take two years off and you're like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's give it another shot. And they're like, Oh yeah. Double a double a talent. 
he's still just 25 years old after taking after not pitching all of 2018 um and then half of this year and if you remember i mean he had a strong minor league career i mean overall in his entire career he was had a 294 era so as a as a piggyback and spot and a starting pitcher um his last season in carolina in 2017 he had a 306 earned run average struck out 88 batters and walked 31 in 129 innings so i mean he's not a monster flamethrower but i mean he had a 1.04 whip that season i mean yeah, that's good it's very good so it'll be nice nice and the indians are like you know what for a year and a half not playing let's promote him <laughs> so they so this is his first time ever at double a as well so hopefully he gets activated. It'd be hilarious if he got activated before Tristan McKenzie. <laughs> <laughs> the dude that retired because he was so injured. The dude that retired because he was so injured comes off the injured list before McKenzie. We'll see. I, 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 I mean, it's a joke, but it might actually happen, and then I'm going to feel really guilty. But, yeah. So, yeah, good for you, Brock Hartson, making Mama Hartson proud. That's one of my favorite minor league memes as well. So, um, and then Trent, Trenton Brooks was promoted from Lynchburg to the outfield in Double A, and right-handed pitcher Jordan Stevens was claimed off of the White Sox roster after I think he was DFA'd or something. Um, but he was a guy that was I think in their top thirty uh, on MLB Pipeline and just. Maybe they called him up and he didn't pitch well and they decided to DFA him or something. I have no idea what happened, but the Indians were like, let's give this guy a shot. He's got good stuff. The Indians have a pretty good track record of making other teams look really stupid when they give up on a player. And this is the big news. Um, We mentioned earlier that Tyler Freeman and Will Benson were all-stars for Lake County in the Midwest League, and they were promoted today to Lynchburg. And this was kind of as we expected. They were going to let them play the all-star game and then swoop them up to the next level. Yeah. I mean, somebody, uh, cough, cough, me, has been saying all season that they're going to wait until they play that all-star game and then get promoted. And that's exactly what happened. Literally announced before Lake County even plays their first game after the all-star game. So they will be reporting to the Carolina League. And Will Benson will be reunited with his draft buddy, Nolan Jones. So very, very exciting news indeed. So yeah, that's, I'm I'm really happy for Will. Uh, He absolutely deserves it. Has 18 home runs, I believe on the season, including a four home run game was leading like the care Midwest league in like every power category and was actually hitting well too, like with for a decent batting average. So great to see him respond positively after he was repeating it it almost reminds me if you remember a former top indians prospect who was not a top prospect and then became the top prospect because he repeated at lake county do you know who i'm talking about can't remember it right now Ah. obviously very different hitting profiles but francisco mejia Ah. He struggled in his first season at Lake County and they decided to repeat him there. And there were like all these reports that he was, you know, having trouble with, you know, getting punished for uh, behind the scenes stuff. He was a bad, 
you know, not coachable. And then he goes and has uh, a ridiculous season and that 50 game hitting streak. And then the next year he's like a top 10 prospect in baseball. So obviously I don't think Will Benson will be a top 10 prospect in baseball, but I think he definitely has regained some of that prospect luster yeah, I think with so uh, his performance this season. And then last but not least, uh, Cody Farhat was promoted from Mahoning Valley to Lake County. I don't know if he's still there. I saw some mixed things that maybe he got sent back, but I would think with Will Benson getting promoted and with uh, Ruben Cardenas getting hurt, they would need an extra outfielder. So I would assume that like a, a college bat like Farhat is on the Lake County roster now. Yeah, I would assume there's room up there for him. So moving on, what's the next segment, Matt? We've got Indians in the cupboard, and this is where Brian and I decide to take a look at some of the players outside of the top 10 that we either feel deserve the extra coverage and a little bit of extra attention, or we just think that they're cool (laughs) and they're doing something interesting and we just want to keep an eye on them. So... To get things started this week, I still have Kyle Nelson, the reliever, as my pitcher, and he's just so nasty mm-hmm. that it's stupid. He's the only base <laughs> runner he allowed this week was a hit by pitch. Yep. But then I, I guess he got a double play because he still only ended up facing seven batters in two and a third. <laughs> Maybe he picked him off. Yeah, probably that's what it was. And he only had one strikeout this week, which dropped his case per nine in entire strikeout per nine. So now it's only 14.8. Yeah. What a, what so a bum. Some regression there. He's just crazy. Yeah, he's really, really good. He really is. And then the hitter that I have been watching for, I believe, the last three weeks now since I decided to drop Will Benson and let him start to play well. <laughs> apparently uh, it was Mark Mathias and he for the season is still hitting 288 353 462 so doing well this past week he only hit 280 308 400 he had still pretty good five or six singles and a home run and that ended up being his week uh, plus a walk so nothing crazy but again like yeah in the, in the course of a season you're gonna have a couple of weeks like that where you don't mash the ball and Jose Ramirez would be baseman. ecstatic to have that week. Exactly. And then uh, for so me, yeah, I'm my, still happy with my guys. Yeah, my boy Oscar Gonzalez. <laughs> this is this is the most Oscar Gonzalez line I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. His on base percentage was lower than his batting average. <laughs> uh, that is hilarious and. Literally, the only way you can do this is with sacrifice flies because sacrifices, I, I don't think they count as plate appearances. Um, but a sacrifice fly does count as a plate appearance, but not towards your batting average. And uh, yeah, so Oscar Gonzalez went, had a 375 slash uh, batting average, which was incredibly impressive, and then a 353 on base percentage, and then a 563 slugging. So. Had a good week. He's the best. He is. He is so good. <laughs> oh, I love that man so much. I really hope he gets promoted to Double A shortly because he's he's had a very good season. And then Eli Morgan, uh, 
did he have a start this week? I'm trying to remember. I know for the season he's been insane. He had a 192 ERA on the season with 10.5 K per nine. Let's see how he did. I'm pretty sure he had a good start because he always has a good start. I think he did too. I may have just somehow forgotten hey, to toss it right. into the list I will for grab some it reason. Right now. Um, he pitched, what was it? Was today the 19th? Yeah. Uh, so he actually pitched twice. So today he had his worst start of the season. Three in the third innings, two earned runs, five walks, two strikeouts. Um, that game just ended. But I think he had another start, and that one was better. So let's check out the better start, because that did happen since yeah, for the last the- week. I think today's start will actually count towards next week. But uh, technically, technically, the yeah, way we've been running it, yeah. We, we would basically go Wednesday to Tuesday. So uh, this start was very good. He had six innings, two earned runs, nine strikeouts. So very strong start. So another yep, that's great much start. closer to what yep. we've seen from him this season. So keep it up, Eli, even, even if today wasn't so hot for you. I mean, he's, he's been so good all season. So I definitely feel confident that for adding him to that team or to my adding him to my cupboard. So our last segment for this week, uh, we'll always reach out on Wednesday sometime in the afternoon to see if there's any questions from listeners just to get a feel for what you guys are wondering about and see if we can answer them for you. So to kick things off for this week, uh, from Twitter, Zach Walker wants to know, can you see Nolan Jones and Oscar Gonzalez getting promoted soon to AA Akron? And then also, in addition to that, what are some promotions you think will happen soon? And just to make it interesting, we'll say that these are going to be ones that within the next week, so between now and uh, next week, guys, that we think will get a bump. Uh, for Nolan and Oscar, I definitely feel they have they don't have a lot left to prove at high A. Nolan has played about almost a full season at high A now, if you consider that he got promoted to high A last year and he's starting at high A this year. Sure. And his numbers have been tremendous this season. So he absolutely is ready for double A. Uh, and I believe there's nothing at triple at double A, like some big third base prospect holding him back. So I'm ready to see what he can do at double A and Oscar Gonzalez. He's going to keep being Oscar Gonzalez and he's going to keep, just hitting the ball on three O counts every time, swinging away and batting three fifty. So let him get tested. Um, I don't think he's ever been promoted like midseason before. Like he's been kind of a one level per league hitter. Uh, maybe got promoted to Mahoning Valley the very very end of uh, his debut in the United States, but um, for the most part, just one level per year, but I think he's ready to get tested at double A. I mean, he's leading the Indians in batting average by about all Indians prospects in batting average by about 40 points, I think. So mm-hmm. let's, let's see what he can do. <laughs> yeah, let's see what he can do at double A. And then in terms of who else will be promoted? Well, I would have said Will Benson and Tyler Freeman, but uh, that thunder got stolen. Um, but I would say I think Kai Tom deserves to be promoted to AAA. I mean, he has been so consistently good for about a month and a half now, and I'm ready to see what he can do. I mean, he's topping 
Double uh, A and OPS. I mean, he's he's ready. So let's let's see what he can do it at Triple A. And then uh, we already mentioned Nolan and Oscar. I'm not sure who else would be promoted from the Lynchburg team, but uh, in terms of Lake County, I would have said Ruben Cardenas because I think he's deserved it, but he's hurt, so that that steals a little bit of his thunder. But so I'm going to throw out some DSL guys. I think. Angel Martinez gets promoted uh, within the next three weeks, probably. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked um, if Gaynor Diaz gets promoted, uh, especially if there is like some catcher depth issues and some injuries and stuff. I think he can get promoted to Mahoning Valley. I mean, he's just still murdering baseballs every time he's he's playing. So anybody out there you think uh, deserves some promotions that I'm missing? I definitely think that, and I know he hasn't been up at Double A for too long, but in the next couple of weeks, I could see Nelson getting the call mm-hmm. to Triple A if there's any sort of shuffling around with the bullpen between the major leagues and and That's Columbus, or if there's any fabled Brad Hand trade that happens. <laughs> at this point, I wouldn't even be that mad about a Brad Hand trade because we have such a good bullpen. Look, like I know that he's been obviously super dominant. But uh, I think that we've got enough young, talented guys that can just step right in there. I mean, I don't know if, you know, Karen Check and them could immediately be the closer, but uh, I think it, it wouldn't hurt us that bad. I mean, maybe morale, but <laughs> but he would he would he would fetch a pretty high price right now, going twenty for twenty on save. Exactly. But I. Yeah. You get the premium for a guy who's closing consistently, even though it's just another inning that a guy finishes. So, um, And then, I, obviously, Bobby Bradley, Mark Mathias, Daniel Johnson. Uh, I would love to see all three of them. Yes. <laughs> and potentially Aaron Savali. But, I mean, at this point, we have Pletko and uh, Zach Playsack fill in our two openings. But... Say we have a double header. I think Aaron Savelli could get called up. I think at this point he's he's next man up. Yeah, so. he could definitely be the twenty sixth man. He's not on the forty men yet, but he has had he's been very good, and I would I think it'd be pretty cool to see him get called up too. So there's a lot of p- promotion opportunities. Our next question comes in from Nick on Twitter is at Ac- or yeah on Twitter as at from Akron Ohio. How did Oscar Mercado go from our number 16 prospect to second in the lineup in a few months other than our garbage team offense? And this one's fun, I think, because I can think of two Mm -hmm. specific reasons. Well, the first is people didn't know who he was. Um, I mean, he was a very low-key trade acquisition last year in a prospect versus prospect trade, which very rarely happens. Um, St. Louis had a crowded outfield and he was on their 40 man roster and they didn't have a spot for him. So they were just looking to add some younger outfielders that maybe would be ready later. So the Indians traded Connor Capel and John Torres and got Mercado. And so he, and he wasn't amazing last year. So, I mean, it's not like he just showed up and was ridiculous. So, he came into the offseason, you know, we only well, knew of him what we'd seen, and he wasn't that good in Columbus, but he put up good numbers at Double A, 
and he'd been pretty good at AAA before he got traded. But that's about all we knew. Before that, he didn't he didn't really have a very good offensive season. Like I don't know if he had a WRC above a hundred uh, any of the years that he was a, a infield prospect, that which was where he was originally drafted. He was a shortstop at first. It wasn't until he got moved to the outfield in Double A that he started just raking, um, and then he went from hitting the ball well and slapping it around, and then he worked on his swing a ton this offseason. If you read some articles. Um, he went repeatedly to some of the Indians offseason camps and just put in a lot of work, just showed a ton of dedication to not just swing better, but with to drive the ball better. And you're seeing it. I mean, he's on pace to hit 15, 20 home runs and he's still super fast and he's playing good defense. And I mean, he had a crazy good spring. People were clamoring that he should make the team out of spring training, and then he was great in Columbus, and now he's great in Cleveland. So um, it, it was a combination of not knowing him because it wasn't a big trade and the fact that he put in a ton of work. And that's something that, like, the predictive models can't te- – you know, that's something they don't aren't able to predict is they can't predict – that a player is going to make a huge leap uh, because they kind of go off of how they've done so far. But if a player bulks up or uh, adjusts their swing plane or does some extra work to really become a better player, the models aren't going to see that. They didn't think he was going to be that special this year. So he was just number 16 in our let's go tribe countdown. But obviously if they redid that now and he's about to be, I think lose the rookie status before too long, but I mean he would clearly right now be, I mean I'll, I would say top five prospect in the Indian system. So I mean he's been really really good, and the same thing goes with Daniel Johnson. I think he he'd be at least a top ten prospect in the Indian system, but people didn't know who he was after the Jan Gomes trade, and he and he didn't have a great 2018 either. Oh, I hope that <laughs> that, that answers it. No, I think you nailed it. Just to go back to the projection systems, they don't like Pakoda's never going to know that Mercado went to two of the camps and continues in the off season to go back to his old high school to put in work. Alex Hooper did a great article back on the 3rd of April for us on Let's Go Tribe, just diving into all of the work he put in this offseason. And I think we're, we're seeing what that can do for somebody now. And I think Matt Lyons said earlier in the year, when somebody says they changed their swing, like believe them time and time again, when we've seen a guy who news comes out about them completely retooling it in this post MVP machine world, like, it works. You can retool the swing and you can start having the kind of results that Mercado's having. I think that that all is how he sort of flew under the radar. And then just in the last couple of months, he's become mm-hmm. some people's favorite he players. He's one he's of my favorite fun. players, except the stinking sacrifice bunts. Stop bunting Mercado. The Indians, Francisco Lindor let off the game with a single and Mercado bunted him over. And then the Indians proceeded to score Never Four bunt. runs, I think, in the first inning. Five runs in the first inning. And they could have scored more. They could have Never scored bunt. more, but you gave up an easy, a free out just to get one runner over one base. I will say this a million times. 
the only time it's okay to bunt is like tie. You need to desperately tie the game or you need to desperately win the game. And you maybe got a leadoff guy on a, a double. And if you can give the third base, that gives him a chance to score on a sack fly or a wild pitch. But other than that, you do not bunt in the first inning. My sack bunt with scenario. The game tied 0 0 against a guy that is debuting or pitching called up from double A. That's just, that is just crazy. Oh yeah, there's there's no unless you're really yeah. bunting for, for a, a hit, hit is okay, which and, he's is another discussion. Fast, but that was but, a le- complete sacrifice. Yeah. yeah, my my one good sacrifice bunt scenario is it's it it's a tie game, and it's the tenth inning or later, and yep. it's the bottom half of the inning. So you're playing at home. There are runners on first and second with no out. You have a platoon disadvantage, and it's already a bad batter. So then, sure, go and ahead. I'm okay and with it if it's a pitcher, like <laughs> very league. specific. Like you're playing interleague, and you've got a pitcher right. up that can't swing a basketball, a bat to save their lives. If they could at least get a runner over, fine. We come to our final question. Let's hear it of the pod from at son Love of a it. beachy. Speculation that George Valera is going to shoot to the top of the Cleveland prospects within the next year. And we will say, will George Valera be number one on the MLB pipeline within 365 Um, calendar days? I think right now we have him at number three or four. So it's possible. But, I mean, he needs to just mash at Mahoning Valley. I mean, today he had another good game. Let me double check and see how he's been doing today. Uh, Mahoning Valley looks like they won seven to four. And Valera just went one for five, but he did have an RBI single. So nothing crazy. There we go. So, I mean, he's he's had his moments. He definitely leads the Indian system in swag. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Easily. but he definitely is capable of rocketing through the system and rocketing up the prospect list. But the main thing is he needs to stay healthy and he needs to hit. And so far... The healthy, I'm happy with. So now just start hitting a little bit more. I mean, so far he's hitting okay. And, I mean, two home runs in his first three games was awesome. So two home runs and two doubles. And today was his first single, I think. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's good that he is, you know, making really solid, hard contact. But I just hope he doesn't, like, try too hard. and Because that could happen, too, with a good prospect if they put too much pressure on themselves. But, I mean, he, he is an extremely talented young player. And just mashes the, the, the ball. and It's it's going to be difficult because he hasn't shown like the plate discipline of a Nolan Jones or Tyler Freeman. So uh, if he's striking out and but still hitting a lot of home runs and you know playing good center field, it'll be tough to pass Jones and Freeman. McKenzie could drop because this is two years in a row now he's been hurt. Um, I mean, he still hasn't pitched this year. My season's half over. So that, I mean, it's possible that he could pass like McKenzie, but I think it'll be tough to pass Jones and Freeman at this point. I mean, he would really have to do something special because Jones and Freeman aren't slowing down. Yeah, they've but, been dominant. But McKenzie has left an opening for the top spot for sure. And But I think the top spot will go to a Jones. Jones, Jones soared up the MLB pipeline top 100. I think he jumped about 20 spots when uh, they did. They, and they didn't even do their like full 
adjustment. They just did like a top 100 adjustment. When was the last time the Indians had a number one overall prospect? I can't remember it. I mean, Lindor was top five. So, I mean, Lindor has been the right. closest, I would say. And uh, I know Mejia was top 10. And I think he had the potential to be number one, at least uh, just with the way he was hitting and with the cannon arm. But, I mean, I, I can't remember ever them having number one. I mean, it would it would be before the current timeline. I mean, they've had multiple guys that were at near the top. You know, Frazier, Zimmer were both top 20 when they were at their best. But a lot of the best Indians players that came out of nowhere and – have put up good seasons like, like Bieber, like he wasn't even top 100 and now he's looking at him. So I think he briefly flashed top 100 when they did an adjustment before he lost his rookie status. Um, so, I mean, I think the Indians have a tendency for their players to make some big leaps later in the system. We'll see. I, a Valera could be up there. I mean, he just needs to, to keep breaking because I mean, he's so young right now. Yeah, that would be a fun uh, homework assignment for any of our listeners if they can track that down. If the Indians have ever had a, like, and going further back, it'll be Maybe harder Sabathia? to say what definitively the top 100 is. I know, I, I don't know if he was one, but I know that he was. Potentially. I mean, he, he pitched his whole rookie season at like 19 or 20 years old. So so I, I'm sure that he was pretty pretty high up there on the prospect list at the time. But yeah, if if someone can dig it up, we are all ears. I'm curious to hear what the answer is. But I believe that that brings us to the end of this edition of Indians on Deck. Brian, is there anything else that you have for uh, the baseball three universe? From Mama Hartson. Yes. Hashtag, hashtag Mama Hartson. Yes. Yes.